This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show, and uh, there is much on the plate, as it were. I do want to mention something I just posted on social media that I I think you might appreciate it if you're a parent. Um, It's not political. Sorry, not everything I do is political. Uh, It's a, uh, uh, I took all of the photos that I've had of my kids and my wife from when I was uh, single, dating my wife, even the little photo booth photos when we were dating, and I had them all framed in one page. So it's uh, single, Cal and Rob, little, you know, had a little boy, then had our little girl, then did it, then all the way down. And it's really, uh, it's really something else. And if you have uh, old uh, pictures, maybe old wallet photos that you have in a drawer somewhere, it might be a good way to get them out because uh, the wallet photo's never coming back. <laughs> It's never coming back, man. You you carry the phone with you. It's so stupid. It's like uh, you know, it was it was bad enough when you just showed a couple pictures in your wallet. Now it's like, oh, here, let me show you. this. Last October, this is what I had. This is the uh, this is the uh, what the pesto uh, uh, whatever that I had pasta I had on on uh, the November the second of two thousand and twenty. See, see, yeah, it's kind of gotten kind of stupid that way. So. Uh, if you want to see the video, it's, um, it's kind of cool. I, uh, it, it, it turned out way bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's like 40 by 30. It's stupid big. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little too much for like the family room, but it's going up in the office. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, people aren't believing that Joe Biden is uh, not a corrupt politician. Isn't that weird? Isn't that just kind of weird how that happens? How the truth gets out when the media can't cover up everything when the twister board is on fire. And the mainstream media and the deep state and, and uh, big social media trying to put out each of those little those little circles as the catch fire, Hunter Biden indictment, catch fire, Joe Biden bank records, get fire, oh, Ukrainian deal, oh, you know, you know, trying to put it out. Uh, this is according to the Daily Mail. 63% of Americans think they think uh, Joe Biden, as vice president, violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which mandates that individuals declare their foreign interests and register as agents, meaning uh, they believe he broke the FARA rules, which nobody knows about. But what does that mean to you and me? It means that Joe Biden is corrupt as hell, and the American people absolutely understand it. They also know that appointing David Weiss, who's been in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation for five years and for the last five years, has stymied, roadblocked, C-blocked everything he could do to get to this point where nothing has happened. And the only reason nothing happened is because a judge said, I think that your plea deal is bullcrap because you're trying to get him off of everything, including millions tens of millions of dollars that he hustled from our enemies for his dad so david weiss being appointed the special counsel is as corrupt and grotesque as we could have ever imagined from merrick garland and that's why jim gossett did this 
I'll give you some audio from Catherine Herridge and James Comer. Coming up! That David Weiss is sleazy. Hmm. On Hunter, he went easy. Yep. Weiss let him off scot-free. Well, he tried to anyway. Didn't work out so well. Special counsel, they've made Weiss. I wonder if they paid Weiss to offer up that plea. Well, you can hide the bank records. Just ask Hunter. Garland, he had no business. I love standards. Bringing Weiss back because we all know Dave's a Biden flack. I play standards because the Democrats have none. Hey. I hope that next November this nation will remember. We have to. They're rotten to the, the core. Nice, nice. Yeah. And Weiss's sleaze will not stand. Garland sleaze will not stand. Boom. Biden sleaze will not stand anymore. And presumably, depending on what day of the week this week that something blockbuster comes out about Hunter and Joe Biden, there is another indictment of Donald Trump pending. And they're sitting on it until something comes out. But this weekend, something remarkable happened. Chuck Todd, who's leaving his position shortly, admitted the obvious about the Bidens. President Biden's handling of the case has raised questions at a time when voters already have doubts about his age and political standing. Biden brought his son to a state dinner just two days. It's not about his age, idiot. It's about his mental breakdown. His brain doesn't work anymore. Has nothing to do with age. After the plea deal that has since collapsed was announced. And he has repeatedly defended him, denying wrongdoing altogether, even though Hunter Biden himself has pled guilty. I'm confident. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. Thank you. Thank you. Did you encourage him to take Yeah, nobody really believes it. Nobody believes it, really, honestly. I don't even think Democrats believe it. They just lie. It's like climate change. They don't really believe it. They just know that they got to spew it. They got to lie, lie, lie until people, you know, finally go, oh, okay, I guess it's really happening. And then they can just stick it to them create a inflation reduction act and uh, you know uh whatever whatever they decide to do with your money that's the way it happens this is uh, ted cruz <laughs> ted cruz feasting on this indictment like a, a calf's leg in uh, in a, uh, a river infested with piranhas this appointment is camouflage and it's cover-up yep I, I i think it's disgraceful listen david weiss was the u.s attorney hand-picked to lead this investigation, who spent the last five years covering it up. David Weiss, who was personally selected by the two Democrat senators from Delaware, Tom Carper and Chris Coons. Well, those are Trump appointees now. For five years, the investigation has gone nowhere other than to protect Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Now, isn't it funny how four indictments against Donald Trump were able to come around in two years? 
That's kind of weird, isn't it? Not only that, David Weiss is the one that is subject to two whistleblower complaints. Oh, yeah, there's that. From senior career IRS officials who came forward. They said they'd never seen an investigation like this in their entire time in law enforcement. They said that the Department of Justice, lawyers working for David Weiss, protected the Biden family. That they gave heads up to Hunter Biden before search warrants were executed, presumably so that he could hide incriminating evidence. Yeah, it's a shakedown. It's a put-on. We get it. We know. We know. They they raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home after he left office. First time in history, 80 agents, turn off the cameras, no legal counsel ready. But Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, gave him every opportunity to uh, go and clean up and all of that, honestly. And everybody gets it now. You think you're getting away with something? You're not. The SS Titanic is sinking. It is. This is one of those IRS whistleblowers. This is Gary Shapley, and he said he's uh, he's been vindicated with the appointment of David Weiss. So the announcement today, you know, really... He said this on CNN. ...vindicated uh, Special Agent Ziegler and I um, coming forward, and because and, some of these issues that that were, uh, were basically admitted to today were the crux of why we came forward. So when, when Attorney General Garland comes today, uh, comes forward today, and... And he, what he did is he admitted that that the American people was were misled um, by what DOJ continually told them about this investigation. Weird. And um, so um, you know it's it, it is what it is. You know you ask for a special counsel and you get it. But um, I don't. You know the most important thing is that the the American people have confidence in this investigation, and uh, and that. Uh, they, they know that each person is treated the same under the law. Yeah, and as long as David Weiss is in charge of it, nobody believes that. Why did David Weiss volunteer? And I don't know how DOJ can conclude that uh, United States Attorney Weiss has that confidence in the American people and that this, uh, this special counsel appointment is really going to uh, resolve any issues. They don't care if you have confidence in the, uh, in the investigation. They don't care what you think. And then we have Attorney General Garland in front of Congress on April 26, 2022, and March 1, 2023, telling Congress and the American people that they can have confidence in this investigation because it's being ran by a, a Trump appointee and he has a charging authority. Yeah. So if he has that charging authority, why does he need to be given this special counsel authority? And uh, it's, it's just uh, confusing. Because he did that to cover up for the plea deal falling through. He wants another shot at it, guys. He wants another shot, presumably with another, a different judge. That's what this is about. His plea deal, his sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden to cover up all of the malfeasance, all of the lies, corruption, bribery. I can go on and it's uh, treason by uh, the, the Biden family. I could say that. If you look at treason, oh yeah, it's right there. It's right there. It looks like Weiss just wants another shot, but maybe with another judge. He's been in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation for five years. The DOJ has been able to come up with four indictments of Donald, well, three, almost four indictments of Donald Trump in less than two. You have uh, United States Attorney Weiss who has investigated this for five years. And the plea deal that he approved, as soon as it went to an objective party, the judge, the court, it immediately was found to be be lacking. And and it it fell apart, for lack of better words, and and reading what's what's in the public record. It got flushed. I don't know how now we can we have any confidence that that Weiss is now going to go and look at this independently. He is not independent. 
We have provided evidence to... Why to is it's a joke. It's a joke appointing him. The House Ways Means Committee and the House By Oversight Committee. By definition, he is independent. Well, he's still the U.S. attorney in Delaware, and we've provided uh, uh, multiple pieces of evidence to show that he's provided preferential treatment, that they stymied investigative steps. That's all under United States Attorney Weiss. Yeah. So is he now going to not stymie uh, uh, the investigative steps? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that, that that is likely to occur. We need an impeachment of Joe Biden that involves, uh, obviously, the DOJ, uh, the FBI, uh, and their involvement in uh, a number of things, um, including uh, 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 the covering up the illegality of the Biden family. And that'll end all of these investigations in a big hurry. I really hope that one Democrat is stupid enough to say that impeaching Joe Biden is election interference. Please do that. I, I would encourage you to do that. This is James Comer talking about why Weiss can't be the special prosecutor. Well, I mean, how ironic. The day after I announced that we have put together a case that I believe will win in court to subpoena Joe Biden's bank records, lo and behold, uh, Merrick Garland strikes again, and he strikes with a, with a move that I don't think anyone would have predicted. He appoints a special counsel, but not just any special counsel, the same U.S. attorney who had spent five years investigating Hunter Biden, yeah. who allowed the statute of limitations to expire on most of his tax crimes, who tried to negotiate a sweetheart plea deal that a judge kicked out of court less than two weeks ago. This is the person Merrick Garland appointed. This is another example of this Department of Justice uh, being weaponized, trying to do everything. By the way, they have to uh, uh, hire an independent counsel uh, not associated with the federal government, so he can't be the special counsel. I know this gets a little bit complicated and all that. Just realize that they're trying it again. They're trying to screw us over again. It's very obvious. And the amazing thing is that this thing called the interweb, and, and uh, yeah, I know I, I say that on purpose, uh, and, and uh, independent publishers across the nation, uh, people like uh, Darren Beatty with Revolver News and others, they've uncovered the truth that CBS, ABC, NBC, and the deep state have been trying to cover up, and they're going to lose because of it. 800 A little bit more on this, and then I've got a brilliant story about how to deal with squatters, and it's the exact same thing my mom used to do to renters. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That the special counsel regulations, section 600.3, states without ambiguity, quote, the special counsel shall be selected from outside the United States government. It's well, there's, there's one exception to that, which happened in the case of John Durham, True. who was uh, selected and for a few months served as both, although he left office when the Biden administration this is Byron York. Uh, came in. But this is, I mean, this is really an outrage in the sense that this is the uh, U.S. attorney who accepted, who approved of this sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden. It fell apart when it came before a judge, but he approved of this. Yeah, it's amazing. And then Kyle Brosnan, the uh, chief counsel for Heritage's Oversight Project, is uh, on the Newsmax hotline, and I want to... Oh, I'm sorry, that's at the bottom of the hour. I apologize. Thank you, Brian.
Thank you, Brian. Uh, anyway, he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about this. And, uh, and I'm eager to find out his, uh, his uh, insights into this. Uh, he's going to talk about the, uh, the motion to intervene in the Hunter Biden plea deal uh, and the whole deal. His perspective will, it will give you, uh, you know, a professional opinion from the legal end of the, uh, of the, of the spectrum. Um, but here is actually, this is Catherine Herridge. Catherine Herridge is uh, an amazing person. Met her a couple times when I was in D.C. She's one of the last few journalists in Washington, D.C., uh, along with John Stossel and uh, uh, a number of other uh, Newsmax journalists and whatnot, uh, here is uh, Catherine Herridge talking about the uh, the appointment of David Weiss's special counsel in the Hunter Biden case. A former federal prosecutor I spoke to just before this event said to me the appointment of a special counsel would have the effect of delaying a resolution on the Hunter Biden matter. Oh, that's interesting. In his opinion. And it would certainly delay any anticipated testimony from the U.S. attorney in Delaware to Republicans on Capitol Hill who have been seeking that testimony for several months. Well, that's kind of an interesting take on it, isn't it? That's another reason why he was appointed and why this is being done to further muddy the waters. That's really what it is all about. This is, uh, this is really remarkable. It's not a really big surprise. Does it surprise any of you? It doesn't surprise me that they would try this. But I don't believe they're going to, uh, I don't believe they're going to get away with it. I really don't. Um, Jim Comer, uh, he also had commented about, they've got another soundbite I wanted to share with, uh, from him. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Um, about this, uh, which I think is actually, yeah, here it is. This is all the reasons and all the ways that this appointment is an absolute joke. Check it out. Well, this is a joke. All that Merrick Garland did was validate the point that many Republicans have been making that uh, the Department of Justice was weaponized. Look, I've been very vocal in saying we didn't need a special counsel. I've been on the other side of a lot of my colleagues in the House. The fact that I have no confidence that Merrick Garland would appoint anyone credible. I never dreamed he would well, do as bad as he did with Weiss. Yeah. Not only did Weiss drag his feet for five years and try to negotiate a sweetheart plea deal with the president's son, he also let the statute of limitations run out. That was one of the biggest complaints from the Irish whistleblowers when they testified before the oversight committee was their frustration that they knew they were coming up on a hard stop as far as trying to prosecute the president's son for obvious crimes of tax evasion. So literally, he spent five years trying to exonerate Hunter Biden and cover up everything, and now he wants to uh, be put in charge as a special counsel since his plea deal got shot down. And violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, but Weiss intentionally let the statute of limitations run out. We also learned in that testimony, Trey, the Irish whistleblowers never knew about the 1023 form from the FBI that Bill Barr handed over to Weiss that alleged both Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were involved in a bribery scheme in Ukraine, even though Weiss knew the IRS was investigating suspicious wires from Ukraine. Now, why hasn't Bill Barr said anything about this? So we have no confidence in Weiss. We have no confidence in Merrick Garland. This will not deter our investigation. We're going to continue to move forward and try to present the American people with the truth about this family. Yeah, and the only thing that's going to do that, I believe, is an impeachment inquiry and an impeachment of Joe Biden. Because they're trying to interfere in our election, and uh, why the hell not, right? Although an impeachment is an election interference. 
uh, going after a an ex-president who's running for president on things that have already been uh, adjudicated with a uh, uh, faux kangaroo court and a faux impeachment. See, that's the difference there. All right, now, I promise you, uh, Kyle Brosnan will live up to his first introduction that I gave you a few minutes ago when I introduce him again after this break. <laughs> this is the Rob Carson Show, guys. Stick around. It is a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. He thought he was going to be on an hour from now. I thought he was on 10 minutes ago, but he is on now. Kyle Brosnan, Chief Counsel for Heritage Oversight Project, to talk about the uh, the appointment of uh, Special Counsel David Weiss after five years of covering up Hunter Biden's alleged crimes. He joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hi, Rob. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Sorry for the mix-up on time there. Uh, not at all, man. I'm just glad you're here because I'm a big fan of the uh, of Heritage, and uh, it's a sundry uh, organizations, and so it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on to give us, uh, to shed your light, your legal expertise on <laughs> this appointment of David Weiss as special prosecutor in the Hunter Biden case on Friday. I, I was on the air as it dropped, and I, I my jaw dropped too, by the way. Uh, I would imagine you uh, being as, as well-read as you are, with regard to legal precedents and whatnot, uh, you probably had the same reaction. What do you think? Yeah, uh, color me skeptical that this will actually uh, advance the interest of justice at all. Uh, my 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 original take is that this is just uh, another scheme to obstruct congressional investigations and and obscure the truth and accountability here. Yeah, it's like putting Bozo in charge of a clown car accident. It's kind of like I think that would be a good analogy. Would you would you, would you say that? It's, it's a good yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty well said. I mean, Weiss Weiss has no no credibility to, to be the special counsel here. Remember, he's he's the the person that that cooked up the the, the rotten deal, the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden in the first place. Well, why um, now? Why why do you I, suppose other other than the obvious? Okay, which is. Uh, you know, he's working with uh, Merrick Garland. Uh, and, and what I what I think, a couple of things going on here. I think one of the things is they lost on that sweetheart plea deal, and this gives Weiss another opportunity to forward that, to get that done. What do you think about that? So there was another, there was a court filing on Friday that, uh, that accompanied the announcement to, uh, to name Weiss special counsel. And that was a request by the Justice Department to drop the tax charges against Hunter Biden. And that's significant because, you know, under U.S. law, you need to basically charge somebody with a crime where the crime occurred. And, you know, the theory is that he's requested special counsel status and was granted it because some of the tax charges uh, did not occur in Delaware, and that would potentially give him leave to bring charges, you know, where jurisdiction is proper. In this case, you know, potentially the District of Columbia, or, or California. And that's relevant because if you remember what the whistleblower said, the, you know, Gary Shapley and, and Mr. Ziegler, the IRS criminal whistleblowers, is that Weiss had tried to bring charges in those two jurisdictions, you know, six months to a year ago, and Biden appointed DOJ officials blocked him. 
And so, so you're, 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 is that now, now, is that wishful thinking or is it actually Weiss you're thinking maybe doing this because he realizes, and I, I think a lot of people in the, in the DOJ beyond the, you know, the heads realize that this is all not going to end well for the Bidens or the DOJ should they consider to cover it. Uh, so you think that maybe Weiss is having to come to Jesus moment? Or, or this is something he had originally planned and the DOJ got in his way, and now he's really going to be the independent counsel he always dreamed of being. Well, that's, that's the, that's the million-dollar question, is that, you know, he apparently had requested these authorities months ago and was denied. And, and so what's, what's changed, you know, in the last six months or so that, you know, the Justice Department is, is magically getting this, you know, this, this air of, of independence and integrity? I think it's yeah. a couple of things. First, is the, is the IRS whistleblowers, you know, went before Congress, provide documents to Congress and said, look, this is a rotten deal uh, and uh, there's a ton of political interference in this investigation. And those people went out under oath twice and in public once and, and were you know, unimpeachable in, their, in the facts they had there. And then second, I think, is, is Judge Narika in, in Delaware. You know, she, she saw the rotten deal in front of her and, and blew it up. I mean, you know, the, the, the problems with you know, giving Hunter Biden blanket immunity uh, for many uncharged crimes or, or tying the gun charge to, you know, any avoiding any jail time for the tax charges. She knew it was a rotten deal. She knew both sides colluded to, you know, engage in procedural shenanigans to sort of take a lot of her rights as a judge away. So, you know, she called out the separation of powers problems uh, like a T. And then, you know, she basically ordered them back to the drawing board. And, and you know, what we're reading from court filings from the two sides is basically that those negotiations have broken down, um, and and you know we're we're at this next step with the special counsel to where, you know, the American public will now know even less than, than what they know now because you know when special counsels are named, you know nobody, you know the 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 accountability and the transparency that is even limited now. The Justice Department goes to zero when, when these people are appointed. Now, is this so selection of is this selection of Weiss official? Is there anything we can do, uh, that whether it be Congress or or some uh, legal foundation, can do about the appointment of uh, of Weiss for somebody who is outside of the government, which is required by law? Right. So yeah, we're we're exploring, you know, what the regulations cited and what what our options are here from comparative perspective. I would assume that Congress has has much interest in this because, like I said earlier. Weiss himself is, you know, an important, you know, kind of fact witness to sort of the, the corrupt deal here. And so it's curious as to why he, of all people, was named special counsel in this matter, because he's, you know, he's lost a lot of credibility with, with, with how he's conducted this investigation for years now. And so, uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're sort of reviewing, reviewing what our options are. Um, Hunter's team made a late night filing last night, you know, sort of agreeing with the dismissal of the tax charges and raising some interesting legal theories on, on you know on on other you know aspects of the investigation that, that we're sort of figuring out now, but but uh, you know the end game is that this is the end result of appointing a special counsel here is that uh, Congress will be further obstructed in getting to the truth, you know, because DOJ tends to throw up this uh, you know ongoing investigation shield to to prevent itself from you know getting any transparency on its matters here, and the open nature of any special counsel investigation. You know, we'll, we'll drive things further underground and leave Congress further in the dark. 
Talking to Carl Brosnan of the uh, Chief Counsel for Heritage Foundation and uh, the Oversight Project for Heritage Foundation. And we know, and, and, and it's honestly very obvious at this point, three indictments going, a possible fourth against Donald Trump uh, in election year is uh, is election interference. The uh, IRS, the FBI, the DOJ have been involved in interfering in elections since at least 2016 and before. If you look at Lois Lerner in 2010, I can go on and on and on. Uh, but there is some election interference going on, I believe, 1,000 percent because I'm not stupid. Um, but uh, you've, get, you've got that going on. And then the possibility of an impeachment and, uh, and some Republicans are being reticent about an impeachment, uh, even though there seems to be reams of uh, decades of uh, actual evidence that it, I think is overwhelming when you consider the possibility of any impeachment proceeding we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Um, what's the difference between an impeachment during an election year and uh, trials, uh, indictments of a of a former president uh, during an election year as uh, election interference? I think it depends on who you ask. You know, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I'm just kind of curious. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't believe that that impeachment is election interference. I think impeachment is is an impeachment that is happening during the office of the presidency, uh, and and consequently the the impact of his dealings are impacting his policy. So I think it's different that way. But what do you suppose is holding back Congress? If you as a as a counsel. Uh, if you, as you as a jurist, look at the a, the evidence that is coming out, bank records um, uh, appears to be quid pro quo with uh, uh, with uh, uh, Ukraine and uh, Burisma, da 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 da, firing of the counselor. When you look at impeachment right now, would you say that the impeachment case against Joe Biden is stronger than any that we've seen in our lifetimes, if not possibly the history of the country? I'm just asking your opinion. That's what I think. So I think I think it's a strong case. At the very minimum, the the House committees have have plenty of predicates to go even further and more aggressive in their subpoenas for documents, you know, specific to Hunter Biden, for example, or specifically touching the Biden family. You know, these these bank records that the Oversight Committee uh, got, to my understanding, were were not from you know they didn't subpoena Hunter Biden's bank records; they subpoenaed the banks for, for other, other other records. So they they yes. have. They have they have plenty of predicates to directly seek records from the Biden family. I think that's, that's no question there. Um, and that's where I would go next because certainly you know, the, the, the information that Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee has released is damning. I mean, you know, 20, tens of millions of dollars paid out through, through 20 shell companies uh, to nine Biden family members, including the president's granddaughter. I mean, yes. you have the 1023 where – the Russian, uh, the Ukrainian oligarch, who the president of Burisma bragged that it would take, you know, ten years for to uncover the web of, you know, financial transactions here. You know, it's not going to be as simple as finding a direct deposit into the president's bank account. I don't yeah. think he's that stupid, you know. And so, well, they, they made it purposely <laughs> difficult to track. That's yeah. how these money laundering investigations work. Um, and the House Oversight Committee and, and the other committees on the Hill are well within their grounds to keep on digging here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think but, but, they've, they've uncovered a lot. 
Now, you said that uh, by appointing David Weiss or David Weiss uh, volunteering, that's going to prevent some of the um, evidence from being seen, uh, prevent uh, the publication of all of this. But would, it, would an impeachment uh, r- remedy that or, or uh, do exactly what David Weiss and uh, Merrick Garland are trying to do, do you suppose? So, I mean, I think, I think it would end up in court and, and the end, excuse me, the end result would be delay. And anyway, remember, you know, back to President Obama's term, you know, House Republicans did an investigation of the gun running um, program, Fast and Furious, to where a Border Patrol agent died. And, and one of the big legal arguments the Justice Department made was that it was an ongoing criminal investigation and they were sort of prohibited from, you know, providing information to Congress uh, as part of its oversight efforts. The House and the, and the Justice Department ended up in court in that, and they didn't get a ruling for almost five years after the fact. And so um, I would anticipate that any sort of House-related action to you know, bring out information in, uh, on this matter would end up in court, and you're looking at a prolonged legal fight, sort of regardless, as, regardless of you know, who, is, who is right on the law here. Um, you know, the, the Justice Department has... has tooth and nail at any attempt for transparency in this matter and i have no reason to believe that their behavior would change um if you know you're in the impeachment uh you know if you're in the impeachment setting versus run-of-the-mill congressional oversight setting now um the uh obama appointed judge tanya chutkan who's in uh, dc in october 2022 slammed president trump as he uh, she berated a january the sixer during a sentencing hearing she says it's blind loyalty to one person who by the way remains free to this day that's what she said she said that uh, this was nothing less than an attempt to violently overthrow the government the legally lawfully peacefully elected government by individuals who are mad by that their guy lost so would you say that uh, might uh, disqualify her certainly it gives you an idea why she was chosen so so judges are assigned at random when they get cases so i, I don't i have no reason to believe there's any sort of shenanigans as to why she was picked as judge um I, I think you know that's that's up for the president president trump's attorneys to make an argument that she should recuse herself okay they're, okay they're pretty uh they're pretty sort of clear guides on on whether or not um you know a judge has a conflict of interest in a case and whether they should hear it or not uh but that's yeah. that's an argument for for the, the president trump's attorneys to make you know if they if they believe that that their client will not be able to get a fair trial in front of her Mm-hmm. Uh, one other departure. Um, are you an NFL fan? I am. Who's your team? The Dallas Cowboys. Oh my goodness! You you admitted that on a nationally syndicated radio show. I'm just kidding. I did it. I'm a child of the 1990s, and uh, they haven't been good. At it. They haven't been good ever since. But I'm, I'm loyal to my team. Very good. Are you, are you excited about the football season? How are your Cowboys looking, by the way? I I live in Kansas City, and my Chiefs are looking pretty bad. I mean badass, I mean. Like badass, not bad. Oh, if you got the best quarterback in the league, that certainly helps. I think All right. the Cowboys will go as far as Dak Prescott takes him. If you can throw the ball to the to the guys wearing the same jersey color he is, I think we'll be okay. Well, you know what? This year, so I'm excited about that. Kyle, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff to uh, be worried about and frustrated about, but at least we have football finally coming, college and, and pro football. Uh, I appreciate your time today, Kyle. Thanks for, for, thanks for joining me and, and giving your, uh, your legal uh, advice and, uh, and knowledge. Uh, what can we do to help out Heritage, by the way? Because I know you guys are going to be investing in a lot of this stuff. What can we do to help out uh, Heritage? 
Sure. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's that's where we release a lot of our documents and, and, and keep our keep folks updated on what we're doing. Our Twitter handle is at Oversight PR, all one word. That's at Oversight PR. Please, please give us a follow. We're, uh, we post a lot of our news clips up there, but also release some documents as well. So we've got over, over 500 FOIA requests submitted to the Biden administration, about 30 lawsuits underway. So we're, we're getting information in from, from you know, various various sources uh, almost on a daily basis. So. Well, you guys are warriors, man. You you guys are warriors. There's a lot of outrage across the country. You guys are the warriors. You're in the trenches for us, and we appreciate that, Kyle. Have a very good day and a great week, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. You too. Take care. All right. This is the Rob Carson Show. I was just looking at overhead shots of uh, Lahaina on Maui, and uh, it is just unbelievable. And it it appears it it looks like um, a lot of incompetent people in charge of Hawaii, not only uh, ignoring warnings from from people about how dry it was, about live power lines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mismanagement of land, which, uh, you know, what leftists like to do because, you know, Mother Earth and all of this nonsense. Um, so we're, that's developing. That's developing. I got an email from someone who said that she gives to Samaritan's Purse. I give to the Salvation Army. We heard uh, uh, Maui Food Bank. If you want to do uh, Red Cross, that's your business. Um, but regardless, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. I hope the people who are responsible for it are held accountable for it. And I hope and pray to God that the death uh, the death uh, toll does not reach what they say it could reach it's absolutely unfathomable unfathomable what happened there um donald trump was uh was in Iowa over the weekend. I got some audio from Donald Trump. They, somebody asked him about uh, a plea deal. If he'd take a, a plea deal on any of the indictments, <laughs> he uh, gave the empl- the uh, the uh, reporter a little what for. CNN is revamping its schedule. New roles for uh, a number of people, uh, including uh, Philip Coates, Wallace, and Amanpour. Yeah. So they're giving Abby, Phil- Abby Phillips and Laura Coates new weeknight shows, launching new weekend programs with Christine Amanpour. And Chris Wallace. I can't believe they're reinvesting in Chris Wallace. Go for it, guys. You think this is going to get your ratings? You go right ahead. Uh, let's see what else. Caitlin Collins is going to be on 9 o'clock. Aaron Burnett at 7, uh, among other things. And they're, they're grasping at straws because they're lost. CNN is lost. They can't understand how a network, Newsmax, with 20 million fewer homes accessed can beat them. It's kind of crazy. The little network that could, the one that I, I do a show on. Yeah. Yeah, Newsmax is kicking butt. You know why? Because trust. I saw a speaker this weekend, and he said, of all the things you could have in an employee, you look at drive to achieve and trust. If you can meet drive to achieve and trust, uh, you know, together in one package, hire that person. If it's somebody who has a desire to achieve and a drive to achieve but is not as trustworthy, hire the guy who's more trustworthy. That's what I heard. That's what I saw. And doesn't it make sense? Newsmax anchors don't change their stripes. Rob Schmidt is brilliant. Uh, Greg Kelly, brilliant. Eric Bowling, brilliant. All of these guys who do a great job, they don't change their stripes. That's why people trust Newsmax. Uh, by the way, President Trump is also saying you need to get a copy of David Horowitz's book, and I'm going to tell you how you get it free. How's that sound? Newsmax are going to give you a free hardcover copy of this book, 
It'll give you an idea how important 2024 is. It's the final battle, you know. Let's go to finalbattle611.com. Finalbattle611.com if you'd like a free copy of the book. It's yours, okay? Mike Huckabee says every Christian in America needs to be prepared by getting David Horowitz's final battle. Again, go to finalbattle611.com. So uh, coming up, I've got a bunch of stuff at the final hour of the show. Uh, A report from Iowa, Vivek Ramaswamy. It did something really cool while he was there. He uh, he rapped on stage. Uh, Donald Trump spoke to reporters, among other things. And then uh, this uh, miraculous story of a guy who couldn't get 20 people to watch him perform at a farmer's market. Performs in front of thousands this weekend. Is number one on iTunes. I'll get to that all in the next hour. This is the Rob Carson Show. All right, last hour of the show. Trump gives a reporter a little what fur. Vivek Ramaswamy does a tribute to Eminem, and a folk singer becomes a rock star. Stick around. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And we have the final hour of The Rob Carson Show. I made it through the first football weekend without destroying the diet altogether. Although it's really not a diet. It's just, uh, you know, not eating a bunch of crap. And then some buffoon in this household bought banana pudding ice cream, Nilla wafers, a very large jar of Nutella, and a fresh jar of Jif Super Crunchy. And that was me. And so I kind of sabotaged myself a little there. I just was, I don't know. You don't go to the grocery store hungry. Don't, don't, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're back on. And I think I've uh, lost all together. I've lost, uh, I think I'm over 50 now from when I quit drinking a couple years ago. So I'm down 50. Still got about another 20, 25 to go. And uh, doing it by not eating crap. So uh, not no Cheetos, no processed, uh, you know, the stuff you get out of the box in the grocery store, you know, because uh, honestly, it is. It's, it's loaded. Yesterday, I bought some, uh, this is fancy sounding, but tzatziki. All right, tzatziki is a, uh, is a, a dip made of uh, uh, sour cream, um, cucumbers, onions, dill, salt. It's Greek. It's a Greek condiment, blah, blah, blah. And I bought it from the store pre-made, right? And it was loaded with, just loaded with salt. So I did uh, dice up some cucumbers, some fresh dill, added a bunch of sour cream and diluted it and made it into a much healthier version of uh, tzatziki. But uh, I, I'm staying away from the bag dinners and all that stuff because it's loaded with sodium and a bunch of crap you just can't eat. It's just bad for you. It's not about, I'm not going to eat p- pasta anymore. I'm not going to eat bread anymore. I like to tell you this. There was a guy who walked around the desert 2,000 years ago with a dozen of his followers, and they ate fish, drank wine, and ate bread all day long. So, there's that. Anyway, but uh, feeling good, feeling good. Blood pressure's down. All the, all the blood levels are good. Testosterone's rocking. Woo! All of that stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm trying to lead by example. I'm trying to, but don't, don't buy the large thing of Nutella and do not keep it in the same cabinet with a fresh jar of Jif Super Crunch. It's just not good. Now, I... Uh, Went through a great deal of tribulations, uh, starting about, I guess, 2013-ish or so. I was let go from a job in Washington, D.C. I was promised to fill in for Hannity. I was going to take over Hannity's job on the big station in D.C. and, you know, and all this. And I found out the guy who uh, told me was, was full of crap. 
So uh, I lost my job and uh, was out of work for about a year and a half. I uh, ended up, uh, you know, broke, uh, having to sell the house, moved to Kansas for another radio job, fired two years into a three-year deal because I made too much money. Out of work for over a year, descended into just just hell, you know. And listen, I know there are many of you, you know, who are suffering the same thing, um, men and women, by the way. When you when you lose your uh, ability to provide for your family, it really devastates you. And I, uh, you know, drank too much, uh, and so do millions of people right now. Twenty percent of the deaths of people uh, forty-five to sixty-five are alcohol-related. People just drinking themselves to death. And uh, and so my wife was going to leave me, and I was. I'm presumably going to drink myself to death. And I said to myself, uh, well, I'm going to win her back. And she said, uh, I said, what do you want me to do for a living? I said, there's no radio jobs. She says, well, sell bleeping cars. So I said, okay, I'm going to sell cars to save my marriage. But I didn't tell her that. And I, and I jumped in and I sold cars. And, and I, and I sold, outsold everybody in the dealership the first month. Everybody. People have been there 30 years going, who is this, this young punk coming in here who's 53 years old selling more cars than everybody else? <laughs> And my wife said, uh, I'm going to give you another chance, but not a third. And since then, I've made some dramatic changes in my life that are incredible. And I know they're driven by help from God, prayers from you, and my beautiful family. And so when I heard this song uh, uh, last week, I went, wow, this guy gets it. Because I listened to the lyrics. And this, this man, this, this young guy, uh, Oliver Anthony, who, by the way, is also uh, apparently just descended into hell, too, alcoholism and all that stuff. And he came up with this song that speaks to all of us who are suffering, the middle class that's being driven out of existence, the middle class that has to watch their paychecks go down and down and down as inflation goes up and up and up, the middle class that now is working two or three jobs, a lot of people, the middle class who is living on credit cards to make it through the next payday. I know this! I've been there. What about our military members have been told last year, here's how you get food stamps. And I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to be poor. My family lived in poverty. My sister lived in poverty uh, forever. She's still in poverty. Doesn't talk to me anymore. But this, this song, these lyrics, really, really caught on. And, and now this guy is number one, iTunes, number one across the country. And the song is called Rich Men North of Richmond. Now, who's he talking about? Washington, D.C., who's he talking about? That's who's he talking about. And I want you to listen to a little bit of this. Because he uh, literally, uh, a week ago, did an appearance at this little place out in, in uh, Barco, North Carolina. And he went there and he, and he sang for 20 people. And then this weekend, he had thousands. So I'm going to play a little. I'm not going to play the whole song. I just want you to hear the song and realize the impact it has and why it's impacting so many people. Black, white. This ain't about hillbillies. This ain't about country music. This is about black, white, single bombs. Anybody who is just being, every day you wake up and you think you're in Groundhog Day, you're like, God dang it, what can I do? What can I do to pay these bills? What can I do so I can have a little bit more? Maybe a vacation. Just anything, I'm just so tired of getting to the end of the month and having nothing. While I'm on TV watching these jerks from D.C. fly around in private jets telling us we need to get an electric car we could never afford. Here's a little bit of this song. I think it's amazing. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. For bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. 
Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me And people, people like you. you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Been there, brother oh, it is. I've been there Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men Have control. Wanna know what you think? Wanna know what you do? And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't, and it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich man, cause the rich man. Powerful stuff, man. Sitting about bluegrass. Politicians, look out for miners. Not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to heat, and the old beast milking welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame. Amen, brother. What the world's gotten to for people, people like me, people, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Wow. All it is, living in the new world. Now, do you see why that's the number one song in the country? I do. He also quoted over the weekend the Bible. I thought it was pretty powerful stuff, and I guess I maybe didn't realize that, uh, well, I knew that history repeated itself, but this is biblical history. I'm going to play a little bit of this, and I'm not a big Bible banger, don't get me wrong. No, but but just listen. Uh, it's crazy to me, because uh, I remember back in June, I played here for about 20 people, and... Uh, <laughs> Thousands. Thousands. Psalm 37, 12 through 20. Listen. The wicked plot against the righteous... And gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Yeah, that's um, kind of the, the theme that I had mentioned when I read Matt Taibbi's column last week. And he's a liberal. Campaign 2024, not left versus right, but affluent versus everybody else. <clears throat> and and I, I didn't get a chance to really hit this article. It's brilliant. American politics has long been a careful truce in which natural economic tensions were obscured by an elegantly phony two-party structure that kept urban and rural poor separate, nurtured a politically uh, ad- unadventurous middle class intended to the needs of the mega-rich to no matter who won. The system is in collapse. Voters are abandoning traditional blue-red political identities and recognizing realigning according to more explosive divisions based on education and income. As the middle class vanishes, the replacement in-game emerges. A small pocket of very wealthy and very educated for whom elections have until most now mostly been ceremonial and to whom more fraught realities of the current situation are an annoyance will move to one side. That's your 15% strongly approved group. The Marie Antoinettes who will go to the razor pledging loyalty to the regent even if he's a loon in a periwig or Joe Biden. 
The inevitable other constituency is just everyone else. Yeah. This is a remarkable piece. Um, let's see here. Democrat affiliation not long ago, far less likely in richer congressional districts, is now a mandatory is as as is now as mandatory uh social accessory in wealthy suburbs as neck tucks or fourteen thousand dollar kids' birthday parties. Democrats dominate richest house seats while the poorest are now red territories. Once extreme racial splits are also eroding. We started to see this in 2020 when Trump lost the White House due to slippage among white men and somehow gained among women, black men, and Hispanic voters. This was dismissed as an anomaly then, but three years later, the phenomena appears to be widening. This is for all you people who don't think Trump can win in the in the general because you need somebody like Ron DeSantis who's got 11% support to bring the people together. Donald Trump's already doing it. I'm not making this a campaign ad. I'm just telling you, this is the fact. I'm just telling you. Trump making grounds beyond statistical error with black men in particular, as much as 18%, according to a recent Reuters-Ipsos poll. See the previous song if you have any questions as to why. It's becoming a harder issue to hide with people like Ice Cube talking about finding another dancing partner. Also, poll watchers are comforted by the fact that 8 in 10 black voters still insist they vote uh, wouldn't vote for Trump. This discounts that apathy still may result in minority voters sitting out elections or pulling a lever for the Green Party. That ain't going to happen with uh, Cornell West. More important than the fact that these changes are the reasons. In March, the American Enterprise Institute surveyed 6,000 respondents. As noted by political scientists, blah, 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 moderate conservative uh, to uh, minorities, moderate to conservative minorities by wide majorities opposing relocating police funding, described racism as a problem of individuals as opposed to institutions, and said by a 70-26 margin, transgender athletes should only play with the team of their birth. Um, the American variants always sound like aristocrats and have a habit of believing things ordinary people, people instinctively find ridiculous. With rich white co-eds gobbling up Ibran Kandi texts the way guilt-ridden Russian nobles lined up for the purifying touch of Rasputin. This is great. This is really good. This is Matt Taibbi, and it should put into perspective what's doing this, what's driving this, why thousands of people would come out for Donald Trump at the fair in Iowa, at the Iowa State Fair, versus the other candidates, why 85,000 people would show up for a rally in South Carolina in a town of 5,000. Because there's a movement happening in this country, and it's not because it's Donald Trump. It's, it's a movement that many people are feeling, and Donald Trump just happens to be the leader of it. So the song is amazing. Oliver Anthony is his name, and I just think it's a beautiful piece of, uh, of songwriting, and it really, really puts into perspective the suffering that so many people are going. And, and also, I hope, uh, I hope, I do hope that uh, we're going to turn this around. I know we are. I know we are. I feel it. I can feel it. The revolution is afoot. It's happening. It's peaceful, and it's awesome. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Come on.
Creedence Clearwater Revival is timeless. They just are. They're just amazing. Oliver Anthony is a regular guy from Virginia. He is now number one on the iTunes charts, uh, number one on a, a load of charts with his song about uh, how tough it is to to be poor in America, and so many of us are becoming poor. Uh, thus far, according to the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. has seen an increase in homelessness this year. Uh, the data this year so far up 11% from 2022, sharp jump that would represent by far the biggest recorded increase since the government started tracking in 2007. The next highest was 2019, uh, and that was a 2.7% increase in that. And there are a lot of people who are ending up homeless. Uh, I lost my home a few years ago. Uh, it's terrible. And uh, my wife engineered our comeback. <sighs> new York rents hit a new high with the average rent of an apartment in Manhattan, $5,500. Who the hell can afford $5,500 rent? I don't know where you are, but $5,500 is enough to buy three houses. <laughs> I don't know where you live, man, but I got to tell you, if I had to be $5,500 for an apartment, I'd find another place to live. Unbelievable. Oh, and then you move up to a three-bedroom, it's $10,600 to live in Manhattan. It's, it's just nuts. It is just nuts. And a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, crime going on around the country. Uh, a lot of people admitting they had it wrong, like Chuck Todd. We'll get to that. But I thought this was pretty interesting because a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, it's like uh, going in and stealing as much as you want from uh, a Nordstrom or whatever. Let's see what's happening in places like San Francisco and Portland and all that because they uh, just allowed thievery to happen because of the defunded police and the George Floyd scam and the Black Lives Matter scam. This guy uh, has discovered a way. His name is uh, Flash Shelton. And what he does is exactly what my mother used to do. When, uh, when one of our rental properties, we'd get, a, uh, we'd get a renter in there who didn't want to pay the rent and decided they were just going to squat there. He moved in with them. You know, and basically be like, I don't know what you're doing, but this is my home now. Hi, my name is Flash Shelton. I'm the founder of the United Handyman Association. And I got some attention from removing squatters from my mom's home in less than a day. A few years ago, squatters took over my mom's home when my, after my dad passed away. And I devised a plan when I didn't get any help from law enforcement to go in on my own and uh, switch places with them. I became a squatter myself and I uh, basically laid it out to them and locked them out, put up cameras and they took my deal and left. Now, my mom used to do this. We, we owned a little uh, apartment complex in Missouri Valley, Iowa. And we had a lot of people there who were uh, ADC people, uh, aid for dependent children. That was the uh, government solution to poverty that destroyed the black family. Uh, as part of the uh, Great Society, uh, they would literally come and check and see their, make sure there weren't any men's shoes in the apartment. Seriously, so you could, you could make a lot of babies and not have a man in the house, you'd get more money, right? And that's the way it happened, and it destroyed a lot of families. Don't get me wrong, it, it, not just black families. But a lot of white families, too, because, you know, whatever. Anyway, my mom, if she wasn't getting rent and they pulled that crap on her, they weren't responding to her. What she would do is just open up the door, go in, set up a card table with a chair, play solitaire uh, until they got home. And if they were home, she would say, I've moved in and I'm going to be your roommate uh, until you pay the rent or move out. And generally, in fact, 100 percent of the time uh, she would get the rent or they would move out. And it worked absolutely beautiful. Here's a little bit more from this uh, squatter, who this man who has uh, figured out how to get rid of squatters. Now I have put a team together, and if somebody needs help, I will go, I will travel, I will go in, 
I will assess the situation. I will make sure that they, it meets a certain legal criteria that I need. Uh, for example, if they've already saw, sorted out and they've already started the law process and they've already been ordered by a judge to do a certain thing, then it kind of ties my hands um, in certain situations. I can't go in and remove them, but I can go in and move in with them. I can basically become a tenant and live with them until they choose to leave on their own. And I could do this really well because I could be a totally obnoxious roommate. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife and kids. <laughs> I think it's great, man. This is so fantastic. So the United Handyman Association slash Shelton. I like this guy. He's awesome. Sounds like Ron Swanson to me. On the way, uh, Biden spars, or no, Trump spars with reporters, and Chuck Todd admits that, well, New York governors are totally hosed. That's coming up. Did you see the uh, the mob of 50 people stealing up to $100,000 of merchandise from the Nordstrom in uh, L.A.? That's pretty good. That's a Democrat uh, leadership going for you. It's like, why the hell not? Why can't you do this? I know it's not an Antifa or a Black Lives Matter rally. Why the hell not be able to do it any other day of the week? It's a great thing, isn't it, right? Yeah. Crowd of nearly 50 people dressed in hoods and masks descended on the luxury clothing store in Topanga Mall, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Snatched pricey bags and clothing before hightailing to the exits. The latest is just the, uh, this is just the latest brazen robbery attempt at a clothing store in the city. They grabbed sixty to hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. Then they uh, then they flew they 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 drove away in several getaway cars, including a BMW and a Lexus. At least one guard was sprayed with uh, bear spray. Uh, I was I, I put on social media. I said it's about time that we uh, we were able to be more beady and more sh and more shooty when it comes to people like this. I'm serious. We should be able to be a little more beady or a little more shooty with people who would uh, do things like this, injure security while they ransacked a business. You know that's the way it should be. Hopefully, we'll return to sanity. But uh, you know I don't see that happening until. Uh, Joe Biden is out of office. This is uh, Donald Trump at the Iowa State Fair. I'm from Iowa, by the way. Uh, the Iowa State Fair is a big deal. Everybody there, they're hobnobbing is what they're doing. They're getting their picture taken with a cow butter sculpture. I know people in Iowa are weird. I can attest to it. Uh, this is uh, Donald Trump being asked by a snarky attorney, or not attorney, uh, reporter about whether he would enter a plea deal to these made-up indictments. Yes, we take a plea deal. In Georgia? We did nothing wrong. Don't take yes, plea sir. Deals. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change this? It's a wise guy. Are you gonna... We don't take plea deals because I did nothing wrong. It's called election interference. You know what that is? There you go. Because this is, these indictments are brought out by Biden. Now, he can't even put two sentences together. This is Joe Biden because he can't win the election by himself. He can't win the election based on votes. So what they did is they got the attorney general to do it. And then you see how stupid they acted yesterday with the appointment of the special counsel. Call it special counsel. And what a crazy thing that was. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Donald Trump is saying that this is all at the behest of Joe Biden. I don't know why he'd say that. Oh, yeah, because Joe Biden said this last year. 
how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return or that his political movement, which is still very strong, Listen. Uh, will not oh, yeah? once again take power in the United <laughs> States? Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution or illegitimate become the next president. There you go. He said he was going to do it. Uh, that's why we need the impeachment so we can tie in the FBI and the DOJ into their current malfeasance and criminality. Third world crap here, guys. Third world stuff. Uh, here is this is Kaylee McEnany. I haven't heard much from Kaylee McEnany lately, and she's uh, stating the obvious that Biden is driving this. Once, not one single time, suggested to the Justice Department what they should do or not do relative to bringing a charge or not bringing a charge. I'm honest. An April New York Times article. Well, they have this passage buried 14 paragraphs down. What? Mr. Biden yeah. privately told his close circle of advisors that Mr. Trump posed a threat to democracy. And here's the big point. And he should be prosecuted for his role in the events of January 6th. He also told confidants that he wanted Attorney General Merrick B. Garland to stop acting like a ponderous judge and to take decisive action. That is stunning. That is an explosive allegation buried in the New York Times. It's kind of like what Stalin would say or whoever would say, uh, show me the man and I'll show you the crime, right? It's exactly what it is. You don't believe me? Check out the 80 charges against Donald Trump since leaving office. And I, my, my uh, producer, Ken, the uh, redneck MacGyver, he sent me this fascinating quote from, from uh, uh, Barack Obama. And you recall the insanity that we're going through right now. And we reached peak insanity uh, a year ago uh, when everything hit. Uh, suddenly, half the children in schools needed transgender surgery. Uh, suddenly, uh, you know, fentanyl. Suddenly, COVID, all this, uh, the restrictions. Suddenly, everything went bananas. Men should be able to compete in women's sports. Uh, all sorts of just bat guano insanity. And we've all, we were sitting there going, that's, that, that's not, how, what, why, why, why did you say that? Why, why can boys suddenly become girls and go in girls' bathrooms? That doesn't make any sense. Why, and why are the people, why are the people who are pushing this so down with it? What about CRT and schools dividing our children by race? Why, where did this come from? My kids have, have kids of, you know, all colors in their friends. They don't look about, what, this racism isn't worse than it's ever been. Why? Why is this madness happening? And then I heard this from Barack Obama. And this is classic gaslighting. This is, this is Obama saying uh, what would have to be done. And he was, I think, assumed, trying to pin this on Republicans. But I want you to listen to Barack Obama versus what's going on in the country right now. Listen carefully. Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. Global boiling. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Girls should be able to compete with, or boys should be able to compete with girls and beat them. And boys should become girls and become women of the year. Once they lose trust in their leaders in mainstream media, in political institutions. Let's see, ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, NPR, all spewed Russian 
collusion for three years, and they lied. In each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Mm-hmm. Now, I segued this with another quote from Barack Obama about what he wishes he could do if he couldn't be the president again, and he can't. Knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just yeah. in my basement in my sweats yeah. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that because yeah. I found the work fascinating. Yeah, I found the work fascinating and all that. Arizona. Here's a song about it all. And Corona. The best compendium. All the lies about them they've been telling you. Of the stupid ever created. How did they win it? The freaking Senate. When the votes that they received were very few. I don't know. Don't catch the stupid. Don't buy their BS. That climate change is real. Inflation's not. Don't catch the stupid. Don't believe them. Because distraction and diversion's all they got. We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming. Russian collusion led to confusion. January 6th is a smokescreen. The new Green Deal is a disguise deal. Like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine. Don't catch the stupid. You just can't do it. That in women's sports, men should compete. They're teaching sex ed in kindergarten. Their destructive policies we must defeat. Like wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Statues have fallen. It's so appalling to ignore Hunter's laptop and his theft. Don't catch the stupid. Reject their nonsense. Everything is stupid on the land. Yeah. They are. They're just stupid. And uh, like, for instance, uh, opening the southern border, you know, uh, everybody was down with it. Uh, Eric Adams in New York was completely cool with it. We are a sanctuary city. Any, any people who would say that the poor and the hungry can't come here, they are buffoons. They are evil. They are jingoistic. They are, you know, xenophobic. And here's Chuck Todd admitting that the open southern border... Uh, was caused by the Biden administration, and it's a disaster. Coming up, New York, uh, New York City's growing humanitarian crisis. The shelter system slammed by an influx of migrants. The new calls for federal help. I guess Greg Abbott was right. He said once he got blue cities to deal with this, that they would be uh, very upset at the federal well, government. They're watching me the press now. Here's a uh, news report from uh, lovely Manhattan. Now, I've been to New Hatton, uh, Manhattan a number of times in the last few years, and it is stunning. I mean, it is. The city is amazing. Uh, there's an energy and a feel to New York that I have not even experienced. Even when I went to Chicago when I was in my 20s, I'd go to Chicago and stand there on Michigan Avenue and look up and just feel the energy, and there's something about New York. It's amazing. And unfortunately, there are a lot of idiots in charge that are ruining it, ruining it. Right now, if you go to New York, uh, you go to use an ATM, an ATM vestibule full of homeless people, pot smoke everywhere. While I was there, I saw a guy literally whip it out, pee between two buildings, two inches apart, and watch it stream down the sidewalk as families walk by. And then there's, uh, there's this. This is what New York is doing. New York is, uh, they've been uh, putting up illegals at uh, four-star hotels, right, and pit spending lots of money. And, and then there's this. They, they're going to create this new Randall's Island migrant shelter. It's going to cost $20 million a month. 
Yeah, $20 million a month. You know how many people it could possibly hold? 2000 You know how much that is per asylum seeker per month to sleep on a cot in a giant tent? $10,000 per person per month. You can rent a three-bedroom apartment in Manhattan for that. People are getting rich off this. There are non-governmental agencies who are getting rich on this off of the uh, illegals, off of housing the legals, after, de- after delivering the legals. It is a massive industry, massive, massive industry. And here's a report from New York when the hotels are full. I'm a reporter in New York City, and this is what I'm covering this Monday morning. I took this video at around 4.30 this morning outside the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan on 45th Street. This is actually on 46th Street, but I'm just showing on this side to show the line of migrants that are sleeping on the sidewalk. Now, these are asylum seekers. They arrived in New York City a couple of days ago, hoping to get processed at the Roosevelt Hotel. Now, this was an iconic hotel. Yeah, it's it was. been in movies, but it shut down about three years ago and reopened earlier this year as an intake center for asylum seekers. Now, this weekend, they were at capacity, so these migrants were left to sleep on the sidewalk. You can see the only thing separating them from the concrete is cardboard. Now, I feel bad for uh, the people in cities like New York and Seattle and L.A. and San Francisco and Portland and St. Louis and Chicago, but not for the idiots who voted Democrat. Uh, that's just too bad, isn't it? Here's a headline from the New York Post: Urban progressive blasts urban urban pro- progressives, I should say, blast the unsafe cities they created. The capital of the most powerful and prosperous country to ever grace the earth is an unpleasant, even unlivable place to call home. Over the past decade, Washington D.C. has transformed from a beautiful, bustling, and vibrant metropolis metropolis into a city that often feels like a ripoff of Batman's Gotham. Between 2013 and 2019, D.C. recorded between 104 and 166 homicides. In the first, uh, in the the three full years since, they've recorded 198, 223, 203, and on pace to 256, 80 arrests have been made in connection with 2023's 606 hijackings so far. My wife went back to Washington, D.C. and saw our friends after being away for eight years. And my wife uh, straddles a fence on politics. She doesn't uh, necessarily uh, go one way or the other. I'd say she's a moderate. She's like, I can't understand why the crowds are so small in Washington, D.C. Why is it so quiet on the mall? Why is it so quiet at the Jefferson Memorial? Why is it so quiet at the whatever? I said, because so many people are afraid of being murdered and having their car stolen. Even, and I played you last week, Trayvon White, senior Democrat councilman, originally voted to lower the criminal penalties for a number of serious infractions, including carjacking and armed carjacking, now calling for the National Guard's intervention in the carnage. Yeah. Um, you know, you made your bed, and you're going to lie in it. And, and as, uh, as Napoleon said, uh, never interrupt the enemy when they're in the process of destroying themselves. And unfortunately, Democrats are the enemy, and they're destroying America's gr- once great cities. And uh, no telling how far they will go. You know, people always bring up these uh, comparisons between uh, Snake Plissken and Escape from New York. Remember that movie? Not that far away when you look at San Francisco. Not not that far away. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I just found out Joe Biden was going to have a rally in a building that would house his fans, but there are no more phone booths. Isn't that weird? 
Guys, have a great day. Check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. I will see you tomorrow. Stay strong. We're winning. God bless you. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. WCBM Baltimore is Talk Radio 680 AM and 99.9 FM in Hartford County. Baltimore's listening.